Hi, I'm Bethany Thomas. Who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? I'm going to keep the intro simple today. Go get vaccinated. Please, God, holy fuck. Go get vaccinated. My guest this episode is an amazing actor and singer, songwriter. She has a brand new album out, two actually, and she's just a fucking really cool person. Please welcome to the show, Bethany Thomas. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Hello, Kevin. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, I This is... It's exciting for me because I've 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 seen you work before in the past, and I don't know if you remember, but we've I think we've actually met a couple times briefly, years ago uh, through Josh Zagorin. He's a good friend of mine, and I think we've run into okay. each other before. And he's like, "Oh, this Bethany," and then that's how I knew who you were, and then I found out who you were, and have been watching you over the years progress your career, and you're just fucking so good at what you do. Um, We'll get into that in a second. We'll, we'll, we'll get to talking about that in a second. But uh, I've been um, trying to find positive things about this past year uh, to uh, really kind of turn around from the uh, holy fuck, what did you do during this catastrophic time to um, were there positive things that got you through or that you found out about yourself in this crazy time? So during this pandemic time, did you find something new? Did you take a new hobby or did you work on uh, some new things or did you just kind of take the time to be like, I need to take some time to myself? I definitely took some time just for myself because that we were really forced to, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I did. I also am a person that kind of, and and I found more of this out about myself. I'm I can't stop. So I uh, I'm not. Oh, okay. No, I yeah, <laughs> not that's really able to stop working on things. Or if 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 there's not a thing, then I have to create a thing. <laughs> Is it that feeling that you get like you're missing something like you're holy fuck I should be doing something because I get that feeling when uh, like usually like the first week after a show I'm working on closes. I'm like, I should be doing something I feel like I feel like there's something oh missing God. I should be doing. Uh, so do you constantly have that feeling if you don't have anything going on or is it you just absolutely. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've come from the same place where it's like you, you get theater contracts and stuff and that's a blackout a few months of your year to be like oh well if I really wanted to do this well I've got to just concentrate on this and there was none of that and there was not (laughs) for a long time there wasn't even a thing to look forward to like that so it was like well I guess I'll say yes to everything and then also start 15 things of my own Mm -hmm. and hope other people say yes Mm -hmm. and we'll see what shakes out (laughs) (laughs) let's see which one wears me out first Bethany, I was going doing, you know, well, you do what you do. You 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 get on the internet and you're like, yeah, let's see what's my guests do and, and let me find some details out about them. And you, you know, we do that with everybody in life nowadays. And after looking over just your website, um, I became very oh. exhausted uh, oh, okay. by all of the it's things that, that was that no, not not no. Your website looks great. I don't even know what's on there. 
Oh, so much stuff. But I, I became exhausted just reading the projects that you've worked on. And I guess my first question would be, are you a human cyborg? I can only guess that the answer is yes for you to be able to, to pull off all of this stuff because you're an actor, you're a singer. I believe you're, you're a writer as well, too. Um, you're steeped in uh, musical theater across the boards and across around this area. Uh, and not to mention all of the, the albums you have, the solo albums, the duo albums, everything, which we're going to break down in a second. I want to get down to the let's start with the root of this. Uh, are you originally from Chicago? It's a basic question. Uh, no, I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Okay, uh, about, about an hour north. Uh, and I moved here, though, when I was 18 for school, and I've been here since. So it's, I've been here a while now. It's so. um, What did you study in school? Were you f- more f- uh, focusing on your theater performance or, or just general singing and music at that time? Or were you the type that was like, I was an accounting major? No, I was a musical theater major at yeah. Columbia College. As a lot of people uh, do, and I did not, I I, I did not uh, graduate from there. Mm-hmm. But um, again, that's not a school that's necessarily built for you to graduate from. It's kind of built for you to go and meet people at and and practice some things and uh, networking take your skills, your own skills to the next level. I think, yeah, it it kind of is, and they they don't make that a, a secret when you enroll there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on a resume and you'll meet a bunch of people. How about that? I don't even know if it's that. <laughs> <laughs> you get to say, I, yeah, well, I started college. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters is the start. You know, the, I had the, higher learning in mind. <laughs> I, I, I tried. You don't need to finish. It just, you know, it's, you learned enough and you're out there. I mean, you seem to be doing all right. Um, what was it um, that drew you towards uh, musical theater? Was there, um, what was, okay. Was there a show that locked you in? I was like, fuck, that's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Uh, there kind of was. Yeah. When I was about 12 or 13, uh, there I'm from Kenosha. They have got this, like, uh, there's a lot of musical theater and theater in general that happens in Kenosha for young okay. people. There always was no when idea. I was growing up. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I guess I don't know how it goes right now, but, uh, all the years that I was around growing up, there was a lot of opportunity to get on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show Evita by Angela Weber and Tim Rice was, my friend was, got cast in it and like this community uh, chorus of that. And I mm-hmm. went and saw it and I was like, oh, this is everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything I didn't know I wanted to do. Yeah. I've always been singing and stuff and you sing along with the radio on your Whitney Houston tapes and your Michael Jackson and what, whatever. But uh, the idea of like, especially with that musical and musicals like it, where it's almost all sung through where mm-hmm. you're telling a story, a whole feature length story all through song. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's not a new concept. There's opera and blah, 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 but right. I, I wasn't into that. But Evita was a real sweet spot of rock and, uh, kind of cheesy 70s orchestrations of things for me to really latch on to in the mid 90s apparently uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that I, if i have to pinpoint a thing that made me be like oh i think this is a very cool avenue <laughs> so it would be a vita nice yeah and then i just did musical theater all through high school and and i was okay at it so i uh, 
that seemed like a and not really interested in a ton of other things besides right. being on stage. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of kept going for that. Do you come from a family of musicians and artists or, or were you the one that kind of stuck out, like went the, went the different route? I have two younger sisters who are both beautiful singers. Mm-hmm. Um, the youngest one lives in New York and does theater as well. And the middle one does not perform in public so much right now. She got married and had a family and is a real estate agent, but she still she still gets down when she can. And have like, y'all ever had uh, a chance to work together? Like, have y'all done some performances together and stuff? Just a tiny, tiny bit. Okay. Uh, we made a cute little EP for our mom of like her favorite songs one year for her birthday. Oh, like that's I fucking awesome. Called some studio friends in and stuff, and we're like, "Yes, this James Taylor song, Marvel." Yeah. Oh, that's Carol great. King. Oh, I bet she yeah. fucking lost her mind. If he's anything like my mom, if I could hand it something like that to my mom, she would just evaporate into tears and disappear completely. I think it was a good present. <laughs> um, and we've done a couple concerts, like um, uh, like there's a theater that I do like their gala events all the time, mm-hmm. and they knew me and my youngest sister. They're like, bring the middle one in. We'll have you all sing. So we did that a couple years. We like performed at like City Winery a couple times all together. But uh, what was uh, what was your first performance that got you? Like your first performance that gave you that stage because i think we all get as a performer get that one time that we were on stage that gave us that adrenaline shot that was like oh yeah i want some more of that you know what was did you have one of those uh like shot in the arms as a child or was that as you got a little older you were like yeah i want more uh again in kenosha wisconsin when we were very young there was a thing called the theater wagon in the summertime where there would be a play and pretty much everybody that auditioned to be in it would be in the play at some point, but uh, if you're a chorus or blah, blah, blah. But like, it was a trailer thing that we would go around to different parts and, and like crank down a stage out of like this truck. I know what you're talking about. Thing. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was about 10 the last the last one that I did, I did, I did a couple and I was just kind of nobody. And then the last one that I did, there was like these monologues that this girl couldn't do. Cause she got sick one year or one day during mm-hmm. the thing. And I was like, I know the words, I can do it. And Understood so I, right here. Yeah. I was like, I will be the other study. And I, I, uh, I, yeah, I was like, no, I got this. I think that I know. I think I know which strings to pull here with the audience. I think I know what's supposed to get a laugh. I think I know. I took notes. I paid attention to, to rehearsals. Yeah. Uh, so that was when I was about 10 or something. And then when I did more shows, like in high school, I did Secret Garden one time when I was maybe a freshman in high school and uh, was just in the chorus. But I remember like the exact moment of like sitting backstage waiting to move a bush or something. Uh, just being like kind of cold and damp backstage and just kind of like, this is really uncomfortable, but I know there's nowhere else I would rather be right now. <laughs> and if you can feel it there, then then you usually feel it when you're a little bit more a part of it. And I, I honestly haven't turned back since then. I do a lot of music, just like music, music, rock, mm-hmm. usually rock music uh, outside of the theater things that I'm involved in. Um, do you have a preference? And that's, on, on the world of theater against your uh, regular music performances? 
that's the biggest question yeah. and that's super the question that I ask myself all the time wondering if I'm like holding myself back in one or the the different ways uh I love acting mm-hmm. uh and I love music being part of my acting that sounds dumb the more times I say acting <laughs> it sounds so dumb no, uh, no, but <laughs> uh but I do think the like I haven't I haven't gotten to that level where you're getting like the production contract to you know tour the country for a year mm-hmm. or you know I that's not something that I've come across in my career yet. I've mostly just had contracts that last like two to three months, and you do your show eight you know eight shows a week for two months, eight weeks or whatever. Right. And like I like that. I like doing stuff for for like eight weeks, maybe twelve those, weeks, and then being able to really change gears. And see, that's the thing that I—it's tough, but it's sweet when you can find it. Is that balance when you can find those gigs that gives you the outlet, and of course the money for the outlet, but then gives you the time to work on some other things, or change gears, or try both things, just to kind of like, we're, we're so often not able to live the life that we want to lead because of jobs and what have not. So yeah. finding those moments of those, like those contract things, like I got three months to work on this, it's going to be great. And then I get some time, which is really nice. What's kept you um, in Chicago uh, against like going to New York? Because I mean, everything that you that you do is, you know, can LA and there's New York music scene and, and the theater scene there and things like that. What's, what's kept you here in Chicago? Chicago comparatively than than hitting out to those places or are you about to move it's because I can afford to live here and do the work that I get and use the pay that I get to get me through the year but also do my own stuff Mm -hmm. where all my friends that have moved well not all of them but a lot of friends that I my sister and a lot of friends that I know have moved to New York to to work it's you have to make a lot more decisions i guess with your time and with your money where here i'm really able to to i've I've just been able to have to keep a low overhead and do what i want to do i want to talk about your 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 music as well too when did you decide to be like fuck it i'm going to go for this side of my life too like did you start singing in bands when you were really young or was that like into college, you started getting introduced into that, or how did you find your way into that that stage? You're hearkening back to like your first question. Then I guess my my father is a guitar player, and he, when I was growing up, always played usually in like cover bands or blues bands and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And when I was very young, I would go to band practice with him sometimes, and I I was just into it, you know. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too loud. I was excited about hearing them play some weird, you know, Bush cover over and over. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> what did they even play? I don't even know. Uh, like, I I was excited about it, and I I always wanted to be in a band growing up. It didn't really happen for me until I was 21. Um, just because I did so much theater and choir and stuff in high school, mm-hmm. but uh. I yeah, I had always known that that was something that I wanted to do. I didn't really start writing my own stuff until I was about thirty, um, which is stupid 
<laughs> well, writing's intimidating in any form, like in my opinion, like whether it's music or like an essays or stories, like that could be very intimidating because that is like the epitome of putting you out there because it's all from you and there's no one to fall back on. So if that goes around, exactly, but like know? I sat out, I sat out like the whole emo period, like, uh, like <laughs> I, it's dumb. Uh, That's usually when you get your best your best songs in <laughs> in those depressing emo times. Yeah, I I feel like I missed the I missed the good outlet. I had a band when in my twenties for a while that was called Revelator that did like uh like pre war blues stuff like Memphis oh, okay. Mini Sunhouse Memphis Slim Blind Willie McTell kind of thing. Wow. Uh, but very sped up and loud. Uh-huh. Uh so it was like a punk blues kind of thing. That's awesome. And like, and that was a really, in, in hindsight, I feel like that was a really good first band for me to have because it's like the, honestly, just the building blocks of rock and roll. And mm-hmm. I got to learn all that. I'm reading like Alan Lomax and then and, and getting into this stuff and learning this stuff and seeing what I can do with it. And then eventually that led to me figuring out my own things that I wanted to express, you know, and I knew what structures that I liked and stuff that I wanted to stay away from. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the trajectory of how things went, but part of me is just like, why did you wait so long to start making original music? Because that's like when you're doing theater or even if you're just any kind of performer, if you're a singer, it's just so easy to make a lot of money doing cover band shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you get a good cover band. It, it doesn't matter if it's their music or not. They're just a good band and they just do it well. And you could, people, people want just that all the time. They want to hear something that's familiar to them and they want to hear a voice sing a high note for a long time. And mm-hmm. that's what they clap for. So, but I, that never appealed to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, kind of steered clear of that which is probably why I didn't have another band until I started writing my own thing but uh yeah I knew that wasn't the the way I wanted to go where do you get your inspiration I probably could have made a good career where do you get your inspiration for music like do you is something usually trigger you or do you hear the melody first and then you put the words to it or do you get the words first and then music later like what's your process there's usually some kind of trigger I guess I do have like you know your notes app and like I've, I've got several giant notes of just like phrases that oh, yeah. I'll think about and write down in those notes none of it is organized at all uh none of it is taken off after I put it in a song <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great way to organize things <laughs> I don't recommend it no. <laughs> be writing things down in a better way <laughs> if you want to succeed uh, <laughs> But at least you're writing them down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's usually like I've got a, a like a huge surplus of phrases that could pertain to any number of kinds of emotions about any number of people at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then it's, it's usually like there'll be one progression or one line that'll be in my head and I'll be like, I should work on this or work off of this. And I'll pick up a ukulele or a guitar, neither of which I, I don't play either very well. Um, <laughs> but enough to, to, to get going. Enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll see just kind of what comes naturally. And it's usually something that has to do with some section of 
bullshit phrases that I've been writing down <laughs> over the last few years. And Let's I'll, see what goes with these chords here. Do you want lyrics sound kind of right, or if there's a story to tell there, and or I don't know if there's a vibe that's happening uh, in my brain with certain things. So it's, I would say the actual like crafting of a song putting something together is usually triggered by something but the contents of the song is usually been picking from a pile of stuff that i that that runs through my head at any given time you recently just put out um actually two new albums one by your one one your solo album um it's your initials bt and your pronouns she her um what was yeah. there was there a good uh was was that album derived from that where you were you found all these things and put them together or was that an album you were like that was very inspired from the get-go for that through and to, to, to shape that album. No, it was very much like piecemeal. Yeah. Uh, the opening track, I'm Not Sorry, I'm Not Scared, I wrote in 2014, and we had just been kind of playing it live in a billion different kinds of iterations and sounds. And uh, for that one, I knew that was kind of a theme of the album, uh, even though it was written a while ago about a certain thought that I had then mm -hmm. it still felt relevant and vital to the things that I was like that I wanted to kind of base the album around like the title is something that I came up with before all the songs were written mm -hmm. I knew just kind of from the stuff that I'd had when we started recording that it was I was trying to make it kind of like an introduction piece to me and kind of the way that my musical brain was working because it's all over the place you know yeah but um, hopefully it seems coherent enough for people to grab onto something sometimes. So some of the songs were written a while ago about certain people or an amalgamation of certain things that happened. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then there were a few songs that I wrote while we were recording and tracking stuff. Those kind of ended up being my favorite somehow. Like we never played them live before we recorded them. And, and was it your favorites because it was just kind of fresh for you now and it was kind of new or or was it just kind of where you had been and your point that that's what was coming out of your life at that time? I think it was because I had really gotten uh, enamored with the process of recording and producing, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, you've also got uh, another new album out uh, outside of your solo album, um, yeah. uh, Material Flats with uh, Tony Newsom, who I didn't know that you knew. I, I enjoy her a whole bunch. I'm a fan of Lower Decks and I've listened to her podcast. She was this racist and she's yes. awesome. And I did not realize that you could two work. I didn't know that she was a singer as well, too. And listening to that, like you, two, your voices together are just beautiful. Like you two have a winning combination when it comes to sound. And it is that that's something that's really hard to find sometimes. Like how do you two know each other? Was Thank it a Chicago you. connection or how did you two start working together in that, in that capacity? Yeah. She used to live in Chicago. Uh, we did musical theater together in like 2007. We did a show called the life by Cy Coleman. Mm -hmm. It is not a great show, uh, <laughs> but it does have a lot of nice features. There you go. <laughs> and we played like two best friend hookers with hearts of gold. I of course, a hearts of gold. Yes. And like, uh, and during the run of that show, uh, like a friend of a friend of mine, like my band Revelator was kind of breaking up. 
And uh, a friend of a friend asked me to sing back up for some other like kind of like white guy blues band. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean for that to sound uh, mean or anything. We're very good friends with all of them still. And they're great musicians. Still white guy blues band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they needed backup singers. And I asked Tani, I was like, do you want to do this? I don't know. Like we've had fun doing this show together. I don't know what kind of time you've got. But yeah, she came in. Um, she met her husband in that band. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we did that for a few years and we really got like a really like seamless, good blend together and kind of figured out just what our voices could do and how they could be of value in, in recording kinds of ways because none of us had done a lot of recording before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band was called the Dirty Rooks. It's a Chicago white guy rock band. Uh, I shouldn't say it. it's a Chicago rock band. They're all very nice. They still make music. I still sing on the albums once in a while. There you go. We're all friends. <laughs> but, like, but the Dirty Rooks is a great name for a white guy blues band. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I see. I see them right now, and I and I bet they're fucking great. <laughs> They're lovely, but she started doing Second City after that and got way into the comedy scene and then mm-hmm. eventually moved to L.A. and is now doing all the things that she's doing. Um, but we've been very good best friends that whole time and uh, running stuff off each other. And she introduced me to John Langford. Um, oh, yes. From uh, Lost Souls, the other group that you're with, because, again, yeah. you you work with everyone. And John Langford, I've seen, you know, I've seen him perform. I've seen Lost Souls perform. And you're with John Zemanski in that band, too, the guy who plays everything. Yeah. Um, you just kind of, man, you just really hit the lottery when it comes to working with some really great, talented people. And, and they've hit the lottery <laughs> with you at the same time. It's so great to see, like, this many people come together to create such wonderful art and music and just. I get excited. Sorry. Uh, the rum helps. Um, but uh, when you and uh, Tawny are working on your music, it's, it's a situation where one of you be like, fuck, I got an idea for a song. Uh, let me bounce it off of you. Or is like one of you, the songwriter and one of you does handles this other part of the group. Like, how does that, how does that work out for you? How would your process? She is a bit more of, she's a bit better at like, um, I have an idea and recording it and sending it where mm-hmm. I'm just like, I have an idea. I'm going to think about it for seven months. And maybe I'll tell you about it. You sound um, like me. I'm like, I have this great idea, but I'm not talking about it. So I've got it all figured out. And then exactly. eight months later, you're like, like, I'll talk about it. Yeah. She's like, here's a few chords and like a weird line that I'm ooing over it. And I'm like, awesome. I can actually write three verses to this and pick and, and, and give it a hook. Oh, that's like great. if somebody can give me a, a starting off point, then I'm usually like, you know what? I can actually, I can take this somewhere. I think. Uh, so that's the way we kind of worked with material flats. Um, it was that the recording of that album was something so different from anything else I'd ever done. I, I just loved it. It was like June of last year. Mm -hmm. It was when it was, I mean, it was right after there was like just so much civil unrest and, and so much just like, racial unrest in the city and i was like i think i'm gonna drive away for a little while like Mm -hmm. we've been you know putting out fires and protesting here and uh and i was like i'm gonna go to california for a little while see tawny because all of her shit got canceled yeah all of her she's got like three netflix shows now and like uh 
so I was like, I'm going to go out and see Tawny and Nate, Nate's her husband. And I brought my guitar player, Patrick, not John, but Patrick I, or Pecky. They all play everything. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> I brought Patrick and then we went out there and she had a few ideas for songs that we'd talked about. But other than that, we sat and wrote and recorded that whole album pretty much uh, in three weeks while Patrick and I were out there. That's and amazing. Like, yeah, I'd never done anything that quickly. Um, again, I'm just like, let me work on this forever and ever until it's done. But right. it was like, okay, this actually, if we're going to do it, we have to do it tomorrow. So I've got to get these words in by dinner, you know? Um, and you put that and, album together in three weeks, wrote, recorded, we produced. Wrote, wrote and recorded it. And then we took it in three weeks while I was out there. And then I took everything back to Packy in Chicago okay. and we mixed it over Zoom with him and stuff. That's fucking great, though. I mean, and and another another bright spot in a negative time. Like it's 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 nice to have those moments because, especially during that time, you know, with the unrest and the pandemic at the same time, everybody needs some healing at some point, you know. And to be able to go work on a project like that to really help that is just it's amazing. And what I've listened to it already sounds fucking beautiful. Like I love it's a, it's everything you do seems to have a nice really blend of like a, a a bluesy rock country feel. Like it's 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 upbeat but it's also kind of smooth and chill at the same time and it just it's the kind of stuff that I want to listen to while I'm having a cocktail and relaxing with my friends. You know, it's oh, that's I yeah, I, I really enjoy it a whole bunch. Um you got anything else new coming up soon? Well, it's I mean, unless something crazy happens and I shut everything down again, I'm supposed to do theater for the rest of the year now. <laughs> oh, what, where, are you, where are you going to be working with? Uh, I'm supposed to do this one-person show called Songs for Nobodies with Northlight Theater in Skokie. Okay. Uh, I'll start rehearsals in September. I, it's a show that I did in Milwaukee at Milwaukee Rep a few years ago, and we were supposed to do it the April of last year, and obviously mm. it got right. pushed back. But I sing, I play 10 people and like there's five like ladies who are just normal ladies. And then there's like five divas that you sing and the stories, there's five stories about like the lady meeting the diva. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like five normal people, but then I also do Judy Garland, Patsy Klein, <sighs> uh, Billy Holiday, Edith Piaf and Maria Kalif. Wow. Just you taking care of these 10 characters. Yeah. Ooh, that's awesome and scary and awesome. It is a little scary. The only, the, way, the only thing that's keeping me from not totally freaking out is knowing that I did a whole run of it before. <laughs> <laughs> I know so you're I saying the first time you did brain. that run, you were freaking the fuck out is what you're saying. I mean, I, I got into it. It worked out. It was fine. And I think, I think the people liked it. I don't know. The show is weird. It's a weird piece, but I think a lot of people come out of it just being like, oh my God, I can't you say, she's saying Billy Holiday and she's saying Judy Garland. And That's people the, like to hear that old shit. Bethany, I love your work so much. And I, I, I know you, uh, when things get back to it, I'm sure at some point you'll be back at the hideout. Cause I know you play the hideout a whole bunch and I, and I can't wait to come see that again. Um, are you are you an, are you a social media person? Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Where can they get their your albums? And when is the show going to open up? Give us what's your social security number. Give us everything. Sure. Um, uh, I post the most on Instagram, mm -hmm. and my ID is uh, at Bethany T eight zero. 
all, but all music is streaming everywhere. You can go to Spotify or Apple Music or whether I don't know what the other places are, I guess. Uh, Just search, YouTube. search your name and we'll find you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bethany Thomas usually shows up with some stuff. You'll see BTC her material flats. If you want to give me money for the music, yeah, go to Bandcamp. Bandcamp. All right. All right. Band go to Bandcamp and then buy the fuck. Yeah. Just stop being cheap assholes. Bandcamp, if you want to support anybody like for real and have them see most of the money, Bandcamp's very good. And yeah, the thing I like about Bandcamp too is like it's a great download and it's not, it doesn't seem like they're trying to rake you over the coals. Like everything I saw was a good, reasonable price for some really great music. And that's so go to Bandcamp and buy the album. Stop being an asshole. Go to Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp. Bethany, uh, we've hit the second half of the show here. Second half of the show is called Same Three Questions. Same Three Questions. And these are the same three questions that I ask all of my guests. I just like to see, uh, to delve a little further into their minds to see what they think about certain things. So don't worry. We'll see if you get these right or not. All right. Question number one. Bethany, if you had one superpower, which would it be and why? Been asked this before and I wasn't ever happy with my answer. Well, see, uh, now you get a chance to change it. I I wish I was one of those crazy, I guess I wish I was one of those crazy like musical savant people who could hear a thing and like play it on anything. Okay. My brain oh. has never worked. That's not a good superpower, though. That's hey, not if you're into world. music, though, this is this isn't about saving the world. This is about what you want, and if you want to be that musically that inclined, that feels like a superpower to me. It though. is. It is. People that do that, like I work with them, <laughs> and like I, it feels like a superpower. I agree to because I be able to fix your brain in a way that whatever you're thinking of musically can come out on your hands on several different instruments. That's insane to me. That to me, yes, that's a superpower. I'm going to take that. You're going to be a music savant and I'll take that. You can play anything you want. Boom. I'm I love still it. not happy with that answer, but I'm glad you'll take it for but right now. But what you can right do now. is you're actually that way. You're actually creating more happiness in the world because people love music and it calms them down. So what you're doing is you're bringing peace to the world through music. Okay. You have a baller superpower and accept it. It's great. Sure. <laughs> no, he's like you can fucking take your test and shut up your ass. <laughs> uh, but yes, but also at the same time, you got that question right. Number one, you got right. Way to go. That's perfect. Right. Uh, number two, if after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would you be? I'm gonna be a burger. Okay. I know I'm a burger. I know I'm a burger. There is bacon. Hmm. Uh, but that's not the main idea of it all i don't know what else are we doing i mean there is cheese what kind of cheese uh, what cheese would you have when you what, what cheese would you be on your sandwich something that shows up but again isn't the main character like so many cheeses when you melt them you don't even taste it it's more of just a texture thing for me mm-hmm. i want something that's got some flavor in it still after it's melted like a like maybe like a gouda mm-hmm. or a havarti kind of something um Ooh, i'm so glad i ate already otherwise i'd be dying right now i know i'm just like i know i'm a burger <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and you were very excited about that you were coming off like this is my superpower is bullshit what kind of sandwich burger yeah. burger you even sat up and you're like let's talk about burgers for a minute no, which i, I love because i will let's go to kuma's and we'll do another episode i also fucking love like a mushroom swiss burger though Ooh. like with a good bun that's like well what's your bun i was just about to ask what's your bun because i have two my my new two favorite burger buns what are yours i love a brioche bun Mm -hmm. 
Um, I like the taste of pretzel bun, but I feel like they're too dense. So it's oh, not one of see, my, favorites. I, my other was that was my favorite because I felt that held together better and held the burger together better. More I guess it's a, depending on what kind of burger you want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I we got really a delicious had to burger. Out the interior before I figured out the <laughs> exterior. So you're at least a bacon cheeseburger. That's where we're going from, right? With a delicious, yeah. Bun. But yeah, it, it is going to be stylized in some way. There's not. It's not a thing that you put ketchup or mustard on. It's a thing that you put like an aioli on or a kind mm. of like a a fig spread or something. You're a fancy burger. I love it. I am a fancy burger, but it's yeah. the, it's one you're going to cut in half and think about not eating all of it. I feel a good point. burger has to be cut in half because then that's that shows that it's a big, good, juicy, fancy burger. And you're then you're right. I'm going to eat half of this right now, and we'll make a decision in a minute if I want to eat the rest now or tomorrow yeah. for breakfast. And I want to see how it's cooked right away too, like because I'm always going to ask for medium rare, and if they get it wrong right off the bat, it's like. It's like some people don't know how to do a medium okay. rare on a burger. It's either a medium or a raw. And I'm like, it's just, come on, a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just mm. Why even ask me if you're just going to cook all the pink out? <laughs> Why even ask me? Quit fucking toying with my emotions. It's not uh. the same kind of burger if it's, if it's all the way done. <laughs> you just like it's eating old, old shoes. Might as well just feed me an old shoe. Um, uh, I think you're doing great so far. You're two for two. You're, 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 you're okay, music savant. Okay. You're, you're a fancy cheese, bacon cheeseburger with great cheese and, and, and fig <laughs> aiolis and stuff. I mean, that's, I'm starving already. So you're doing great. That's two for two. Uh, final question. Hey, Bethany, blue or green? Right now, I'm going to say green. Ooh, so sorry. The answer was blue. Answer was blue. Sometimes hey, the answer is blue for me. It's two out of three. That's not bad. Right. You did pretty great. Right now it's green. Yeah, <laughs> right now it's green. It, Why it, is that a question of yours? Oh, because I like to always tell people they're wrong and at least one of them. Got it. It's always you the know opposite. That, what's that? There's a James Taylor song where he's like, these greens and blues are the colors I choose. So, sweet baby game. Yeah. Sweet baby Let James. them go down in my jeans. Rock my sweet baby jeans. Uh, Bethany, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It was a, a fucking pleasure to actually get to sit and meet and talk with you. And because yeah, I, 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 I've said it several times and I mean it every time. Your voice is amazing. Your music, I love to listen to. And you just seem to be a really great person. So uh, all that together, it's just really, it's, it's a really nice mix these days to see somebody who's very talented and also not an asshole. So, you know, it's, it's been really great to get to sit and talk with you. Thank you so much. This was, this was good. I didn't cry. That's a triumph. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I, so far, uh, I haven't had like, anybody <laughs> cry. So that's, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> Isn't she fucking lovely? Be sure to check out both her new albums, BT, She, Her, and Material Flats. You can find them uh, streaming and all, but go to Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp. Support your artists. Please support your artists. Speaking of supporting your artists, please Rate and review me. I want to know what's going on. And if you want to chat for whatever fucking reason, send me some questions, whatever. You can email me at bigtalkpodcasts, plural, podcasts, at gmail.com. Big, B-I-G, talk, T-A-L-K, podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. I had to think about it. At gmail.com. Other than that, you know, go have fun. Take care of yourselves. That's our show for today. 
As always, I want to thank Mr. Jason Moody for that kick-ass theme song and my dear friend Corbett Pasco for that three-question stinger. Hey, join us the next time when we're sitting down with a new guest, but we're going to ask them that same aged old burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.